Girlfriend, let me tell you. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Girlfriend, let me tell you. Oh my goodness, girlfriend. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another conversation on Girlfriend, Let Me Tell You, a podcast about a brown-skinned single mother who has experienced failures and great victories that are very relatable. Each week, we will discuss how we can make decisions that will give all of us more victories because, girlfriend, we know a lot and now we are going to know so much more. I'm your host, Latasha. Today, I have a very special guest, Miss Ebony McCahan. She is a 37-year-old single mom of two, and her daughter is three years old, but she also has a son who is 17 years old. She is an Intellectual Developmental Disabilities Care Coordinator for a mental health and behavioral health managed care organization. Welcome to Girlfriend, Let Me Tell You, Ebony. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's so great to have you on the show today. I have to mention that you are my very first guest. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you let the people know what we're going to discuss? We are discussing my 17-year-old's journey with ADD um, on medication and being successful now being off medication. Okay, great. When did he begin taking the medication and why? Who suggested that? Um, He was five years old when I kind of gave in um, and it was suggested from daycare starting at um, maybe three or four Mm -hmm. Um, and then once he entered the school system with pre-k it was suggested by all of his teachers Mm -hmm. what was what was going on what was his behavior at home academically he could focus he knew the information he could do his homework Um, but when it got to the school setting he just couldn't be still long enough um to learn mm, okay. from what I was being told. All right. So how, how was he acting when he was on the medication? Um, before he was on the medication, of course, he would, he, he would stop for like 30 seconds to a minute, be good. Um, but on medication, the first medication they put him on, he was very quiet, um, very lethargic, um, not talking a whole lot mm-hmm. unless spoken to. Um, so he wasn't really himself when he first got on the medication. Did that scare you? Very, very much so. Um, not only that, but the side effects. Um, at one point, the side effects kind of scared me more than changing the med so mm-hmm. much. How did you, did you think that he needed medication or was he easy to manage at home? It's kind of twofold um, because. I had witnessed my aunt go through this with my other cousin. Okay. Um, and so I kind of knew what to expect a little bit. Um, my family was in total disagreement about it, but I had at this point already been fired twice from two different jobs because I had to leave so much to go pick him up from school. Um, anything that's going to help him. That's how I was in the beginning. Um, and his grades did improve in, in school. I wasn't getting called. Um, his grades were going up, you know, he was now a B student. So it did help for a small amount of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I know whenever, um, my son was in preschool, I had taught him the alphabet, but you know, the, the sponge letters that you use in the tub with your kids. Yes. They're all capital letters. All of the magnets that go on the refrigerator are capital letters. Everything I taught him was capital letters. And when he was around four years old, the teachers called me in 
and said that they wanted to have my son tested because he was four years old and didn't know how to identify his alphabet. And I'm like, what? Okay, let me go up here and talk to these people. So I go up there and she pulls out the lowercase letters and he did not know any of them (laughs) except for, of course, the C because it looks like a C, you know, those letters. But they tried to say that my son needed to be tested because he was slow. He was behind. And in order for me to get him tested, they offered me $50 and a pizza. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I told them no, of course. I cried. I cried because I was like, man, please don't do this to me. And I know you said that you had gotten fired from your job. At the time, Mm -hmm. I was a struggling cosmetologist. So I was Mm -hmm. on the bus. I was poor. Well, in that bracket. So I feel like they tried to target me because of my situation. Like, oh, give her $50. She'll take it. And that was a big struggle for me, honestly. That's the same. It's really sad because as black women, uh, black women, we're already faced with a stereotype before we even go in. Mm -hmm. Before we even go in. And exactly what you said, except for like the offering of pizza and money. But Caden could read when he was four. So I knew because I taught him how to read before kindergarten because I knew how to read before kindergarten. But at that time, it will make you feel like they're right and you're wrong about your own child. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. And then when he went to um, elementary school, I remember the teacher always complained that he wasn't focused in class. He wasn't focused in class. And she said, um, I'll give him two days to do an assignment. Well, she would give the whole class two days to do an assignment, but mm-hmm. it would take him three weeks. And she was like, I don't know why. I said, because you're giving him three weeks. Right. If you say two days, then you should only give him two days to do his homework. I mean, do his schoolwork. And I remember at the same time I had this job and I was working from, I believe I was working from nine in the morning to like 4.30 or something. And they would schedule these meetings at school for uh, me to come and talk to the teachers and things. And she said, it's only going to be 15 minutes. And I got there and let me tell you, they spoke for the whole first 15 minutes. And that's how the meeting was supposed to go. And when they were like, you know, so that's all we have to say. We can meet you next time. I said, oh, no, it's my turn. (laughs) It's my turn. And that meeting lasts for an hour and a half. And we had two of those meetings because you're not going to tell, like you said, you're not going to tell me about my child that I see every day and then tell me that he's a problem. No, again, they want to put him on medication. So now I want to ask you, at what point did you feel like this is enough of the medication? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we had, from the time Caden was five until he was 10, um, he had been put on 22 different type of medications. Um, some were the same, but just different dosages. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had got to a point where um, it caused him to have um, uncontrollable tics. And one teacher um, even mocked him in class for the tics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to a neurologist in Chapel Hill. And I'll never forget that day because he told me, um, basically, if we don't take him off the medicine, He's going to have these ticks forever. There's nothing we could do about it. Um, or we can try to take him off medication and see what it does and, and pray that he's able to function. And so on the ride home, my son told me um, 
he was like, mom, I really, I know I can do it. This is a 10 year old now. Aww. He's like, I know I can do it, mom. I just, I don't want to take any more medicine. I don't want to be on medicine anymore. Can, can I can do it. I can do it. If Shad can do it, which is our, my older cousin, but my son looks at him like a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rashad eventually got off medicine when he was 13. And he, he used to talk to Caden all the time, which is my son. And he said, you know, if my cousin can do it, I know I can do it. So <clears throat> I literally cried from Pittsburgh all the mm-hmm. way back to Southern Pines, North Carolina, because I didn't know what to do. And I was scared um, because I was like, I, I don't want to lose a job. I don't want him to have this tick nervous system issue. Um, but I told him that day, I said, OK, we're not going to do medicine anymore. We're going to stop today. You're not taking any more after today. Um, and I knew we would have to go through a rough patch with detoxing him from what he was taking um and that took time that took time i i think that was the roughest year we've ever had Mm. um i I reached out to a place in raleigh called fast brain and they focus on helping children with add and adhd with without medication um, so we went and had a test done. He had a cognitive test done, which revealed that he can focus for 30 seconds to one minute at a time. Um, and the doctor there suggested that we put him on a, a gluten-free diet, um, no carbs, no water, um, and make sure he had a low sugar breakfast. But what it also offered, Tasha, which I thought was the best thing that we don't hear about a lot, they offered counseling and and rewiring of the parents brains i needed that because the whole time i didn't understand how my son brain worked and i was i was teaching him off of how i think and how my brain works and they helped me rewire my thinking to how his brain works Mm -hmm. and what would work for him and i needed that so i felt like i did him a disservice until he was 10 because i didn't know that had no idea and I think that was our, our breaking point then. Like we, we started doing well after that. I changed how I woke him up for um, the morning. Like in the morning, I changed how I woke him up. I didn't go in and just flip on the light. Like now I left it dark. I go in good morning, quietly, give him time to wake up, get himself together. Um, just little things like that ended up making a lot of difference. <laughs> you just said a mouthful. I had said this before. Um, I was talking to someone before and I said, I want my son to be better than me, but I still kind of want it to be his only influence. And whenever you said that they had to rewire you. Yeah. I've, I've stood in my son's way a lot just by trying to do things my way. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. Something I wanted to ask Whenever he was in school, during the time that you were transitioning him from being on the medication and then coming off, was he put in like a certain class with certain kids or was he still kept in the population that of everyone else? So um, they the, the school tried that. Um, but by then I had matured and I kind of knew the, the laws and had my bearings. So the only um special class that he was in because he had a 504 was math everything else he was in um with regular regular class um settings because at that point i knew exactly what the teachers needed to do so he could be successful okay. um and they fought me a lot I, I had a principal that told me um that i was an angry that the teachers looked at me as an angry black mother <laughs> and that's what he said to me 
And I won't repeat what I said to him, <laughs> but, and, and I said it in front of the principal as well. Um, but if that's how you need to look at me because I'm protecting my child, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It's those labels. Um, yes. I was, I was called aggressive in the meeting yeah. that was supposed to be 15 minutes because mm-hmm. apparently after those 15 minutes, the teacher needed to get back to her class. Well, right. you call, you asked me to come over here. So if you want to talk, we're going to talk. And the first meeting we had was actually me, the teacher and one other teacher who was actually taking notes. And, um, but I'd already had like a two hour conversation with this particular teacher at the parent teacher conference. So we were at the school to like nine 30 at night. But wow. I, I can't let you, I can't leave letting you think that, that you, you know, my child better than me. And she would talk over me at the parent teacher conference, which made it last even longer. And then I had asked her to teach me, to tell me how to do a problem that she had taught the kids. And I'm telling you, when I looked at the problem, I thought I knew what I was doing. But when she finished explaining it, I had no idea what was going on. So I told her, if you explain to the kids the way you explain to me and I can't understand it as an adult, then the kids aren't the problem. It's you. Mm-hmm. When we went to the second meeting, it was the teacher, myself, the principal, um, the resource. I think it was the resource person. And again, the other person who was taking notes and she was talking over me then. And then when I finally got a word in, the principal said, um, I feel like you are a very aggressive person. And I said, but she's cutting me off and she's cutting you off and you're the principal. And then, you know, we went through this whole thing and finally the principal didn't want to say the teacher was wrong, but she just said we can end the meeting now. But no, ma'am, we're not finished. So, yeah, they try to put these labels on you. They try to do what they can to shut you up so Mm -hmm. that what they're saying actually goes. And I didn't like that. And sometimes I felt defeated because I felt like I was the only person who was fighting for my son. Right. I want to ask you a personal question. Okay. Are you a single mom? I am. Whenever we had those meetings at the school, this is what I want to point out, how we even ended up having the meetings for my son to be tested. Um, I'm a single mother. I co-parent with my son's dad. They had sent a letter home saying, hey, we think your son has behavioral problems. We think he has, you know, learning problems. We want to test him. So I did not sign the paper. The teacher called me um, about a week and a half later. And that's when she sent me the letter saying we're going to meet at this time. And I said, you can't meet because I didn't sign the papers. And she said, we don't need your permission because the father already agreed to it. Oh, the same man who works with kids who have, you know, learning disabilities and behavioral problems. And I I just felt like if you work with these certain kids and our child is nothing like them. Then why would you agree to this? That's how I ended up in those meetings because my son's dad actually agreed to them. So did did your son's father have any say in it? Was he for it, against it, or he was against it from the beginning? Mm -hmm. Um, He was just he was like, yeah, you know, I was like that growing up, and um, I, you know, he's okay. And I think, like, I think back then, my driving force, because I had my son when I was 20, my driving force at that point was, I, I got to do something. Everything I'm trying is not working, and they call me every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, they call, when, when he used to get dropped off at school, my first prayer would be, I would tell him, make good choices when he got out the car, but then I would say, oh my God, Lord, please let him have a good day. Please mm-hmm. don't let them call me today. Every day. 
every day. That was what I would say when he got out of the car. So he was always, um, he was against the testing and medication, um, but he supported me um, in, in the decisions that I made. Because he's more, um, he's more of like, I, I call him the enforcer. Mm-hmm. So if I'm having meetings and stuff like that, he doesn't go to any of those. Um, Cause he knows I can handle that. But if there's something major happening, um, like when my son was being bullied or when he got jumped at school, then we, that's something definitely he wants to be a part of. Um, but he was totally against it from day one, okay. day one. Mm-hmm. Now, how long did the detox stage take? Um, that was a whole year. And that went from, um, cause the medication made my son gain weight. Um, so it started out with, it took a whole year for the ticks to finally go away. But then when they went away, it turned into an uncontrollable, like, um, like a humming that he would do involuntarily. Um, so that took maybe another year. So it, when he was 12, all the ticks went away, but the detox part, um, his skin got real scaly. Um, his stomach hurt for about the first 30 days. He had headaches, um, constantly. They said those would go away and they did eventually. Um, and with the school, I had to, um, at that time he had a, a whole, all of his teachers were young and had no children. Um, (laughs) so we, I had to have a meeting with them and let them know, Hey, the stuff that you're calling me for at this point is regular 10, 11 year old behavior. Mm -hmm. If he's tapping the pencil on his desk, tell him to stop. You don't have to call me for that. Or, um, if he's going to the bathroom a lot, tell him no and have him sit down. You're, you're calling me to talk to him about stuff that a regular person, not, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful uh-huh. and say you don't have kids because right. people choose not to have kids, but no, not one of his teachers was over 26. So you guys are just getting out of college. You have no experience with children. You're calling me for stuff that really doesn't matter. That's what a normal uh, elementary school, middle school kid right. is going to do. So you have to be able to distinguish what's a problem and what's not. Once we got that settled, the calls kind of subsided, um, and I got him into sports again, and that really helped. Once we got him, he was like doing wrestling. He did football. Um, tried out for a lot of different stuff because he felt he said he felt quote unquote normal again. Mm-hmm. And it it I just cringe when I hear that, but that's what he said. Um, and that helped, but it was a good year and a half for, for complete detox. And it cost a lot of money because in order to eat healthy and be gluten-free and all that, it's very expensive. So I had to get a second job. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever feel like you were failing as a mother? Yes. Whenever I, um, whenever I learned that. I was pushing my learning style and everything I do on a child who can't help, but he forgot that I told him to go brush his teeth 30 seconds Mm -hmm. ago or really didn't really didn't remember what I told him yesterday. Um, Cause I used to be like, yes, you do. You do remember like, and once I realized he really didn't remember, um, I felt like 
I failed him in a way. Um, it just made me feel, made me look at everything different as far as his thinking. And then it made me really want to be his advocate even more in the school system because believe it or not, a lot of people say kids are cruel. Yes, kids are cruel. Mm -hmm. But I have had in this journey with him, I have had the most issues with teachers. And we lived in a small town where um, race is an issue. It's a big issue. But when you have um, a mom who's quote unquote educated, they really don't like that. Um, And I used to pop up at the schools. Mm -hmm. So when I I finally got a, a job that I could do that, it was one teacher. She didn't know I was standing at the door. And she had announced everybody had passed their math class except for my son and told them his grade. I was standing at the door in the window. I walked in the classroom after she did that and it wasn't good. But I told the principal when, when we went in there, I told her, I said, my son is leaving the school today. He's not going to be counted absent and you're going to switch his school because his teacher has been Mm -hmm. bullying him for three months. And I didn't believe my son at first. I didn't believe him. He always said she didn't like him. She was doing this stuff. And I was like, no, she makes you do your work and you don't like that. But that day is when I felt like, Hey, I failed my son. Cause all this time he's been telling me about different things. And I'm just thinking, no, you know, anybody that tells you what to do, you don't like it. But I saw it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And I apologized to him. Mm-hmm. All right. I apologized because I felt like I could have been, it's probably a lot of stuff that you've been telling me that I didn't believe and really happened. He's a kid and they're adults. And once I realized that, um, a lot of things became evident because my goal has always been do not let them label our son. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They, As soon as they get his mm-hmm. school record and they see these labels on there, they're never going to give them a chance because they're going to think they already know your child. So I told any time I had a meeting, my first thing was, you're not going to label him. He's not going to be labeled. So I don't know what you're going to put in your notes. If, if it was anything like that in his IEP or 504, they changed it. Because I didn't want that stigma following him as if something was wrong with him when it wasn't. Can you explain what a 504 is? So a 504 in North Carolina is kind of different. Uh, IEP, of course, is an individual education plan. The 504 gives them different accommodations. So it says um, Kaden needs extra time to do this work. For Mm -hmm. instance, if you have an assignment and it's due maybe in two or three days, Caden will get an extra one or two days to complete that and get it turned in. Or if you have um, a packet and it has 20 questions for you to answer after you read the story, um, Caden would only have to uh, answer 10 or 15. It just modifies his um, work or workload so he can still be successful in the time that he needs. And it gives them extra time for the, for standardized testing um, because he used to think that he was behind because people were finishing before him. 
So with the 504, um, he gets extra time. So if you need to go, to, if he needs to go to an extra another room and get another hour or two to finish his standardized testing at the end of the year, he gets that time now. So he can be, you know, he doesn't have to rush and then get things wrong. Okay, well that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now your son is 16 now, right? Yes, he will be 17 in March. Okay. So he's a B student. Um, Since we've been doing the virtual learning, which is a year now, he's been in virtual learning. um, He's maintained like a 2.93. I think his GPA is now. Um, The only subject he still struggles in is math. Um, But he does. He's very successful and he's non-medicated for almost seven years now. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is so yeah. awesome. Um, something I want to ask is what is a message that you would like to give to parents now? Um, what is something you would, is there anything I don't want to assume, is there anything that you would do differently? Um, then knowing what you know now? Yes, I would not allow an educator to um, give me medical advice on my child. I want to say that again. (laughs) Do not let an educator who has got a degree in education give you Mm. a medical diagnosis for your child. They are not qualified. They are not justified to tell you your child needs medication. Your child might be a visual learner. Your child might be an auditory learner. That does not mean that they need medication. It means that you're teaching on the common core, which is one way. And my child just might not learn that way. And they will continue to pressure you until you Mm -hmm. advocate and stand up for your child. Because I literally had four teachers tell me, hey, can we do this? Can we do this? And they will pressure you. So do not allow that to happen. That is a good message right there. And they'll be quiet or, you know, that's what you want them to do. And I've had a teacher tell us, I'm not I don't have time to accommodate and I don't have time to do that. Okay, well, he's just not going to be in your class. You just told the principal, who's your supervisor, that you're not doing it. Mm. I mean, they don't want to um, take that time. And the parents also have to be willing, though, because it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, even even this morning, I was, you know, getting on him like, hey, listen, you, you're getting ready to go to college. You want to go to college. Nobody's going to be there to wake you up. Nobody's going to be there to remind you you have this dude. Like, you got to come up with a system so you can remember that's going to remind you of what you need to do. It's a lot of people that live with ADD and ADHD and they don't have medicine every day and they have successful lives. I feel like the education system has turned ADD and ADHD into an issue or, you know, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not a mental health issue. Um, it's not a behavioral issue. They just can't, in layman's terms, they just can't be still and be focused. Can we sit in front of somebody for a whole hour and not move? Right. Not t- tap our hand or move? I can't. I just wish more of um, 
more of us were there to support us because I get inboxed on Facebook all the time about what I did with my son. How did I do it? Can I help them? Um, they have teachers. Some of my classmates still are having teachers pressure them. Um, and I try to be encouraging for everybody. I try to talk to everybody. Any, any mom that has sons, I'm so willing to be there for anything because if you don't have an advocate, you will feel like you're losing this battle. And you're not by yourself. And they, they there's certain things that they cannot do. Um, and they need to know that. Parents need to know that. Um, is there anything else you would like for the listeners to know? Um, I would just say, please advocate for your children. Um, we are their only advocates as parents. Whether you have a daughter or a son, um, they already have a lot of things against them. Um, and it's okay to listen to them and hear them, not just listen, but hear hear them. Because that's one thing my son said, that um, sometimes kids aren't heard because they, adults are always supposed to be right. So let's advocate and listen to them as well because they have a lot to say. I agree. I want to ask you this too, because this is what I did. Um, not proud of it. Not at all. And uh, I had to apologize to my son also. Whenever the school started telling you that um, there was a quote unquote problem with your kid and he needed to be on medication, did you ever yell at him to try to try to make him right? Like, yes, <laughs> like he got whooping. He got yelled at um, everything. Punishment, games taken, um, just he, he really did. He really got punished a lot because of um, what they were telling me. And he used to say that. He's like, "Mom, you always believe them." And I really had to apologize to him because he's right. Um, now, if I don't get calls, um, of course he's in high school. But eighth, eighth grade, ninth grade, if I did, I would that at that point I'd get his side. I get the teacher side and then I decide because mm-hmm. I know what he's going to do. I, I know him. So I know if she's mixing some stuff up or I know when he's lying and then I come to a middle a conclusion of what I'm going to do and what I believe versus just going off of what they tell me. Okay. So it's not just me. <laughs> no, no, it's not just you, but no. And I, I but we're rare, Sasha, because we're, we are, moms that are willing to say okay this might be me and I can admit that this is me but it's a lot of parents who aren't there yet right you know it's just a, it's generational so it, it's a lot of parents who aren't willing to say yeah I was wrong and I'm apologize it's a lot of parents that don't apologize to their kids I do if I even if I feel like I hurt my three-year-old feelings and She's sad. I might snap at her because I might have had a, I'm doing something at work and she needs my attention and I'm snap at her. I say I'm sorry. And I learned that with Fast Brain too. They have feelings too. We can be wrong too. Mm-hmm. We, we should apologize. Yeah. I apologize to my son a lot. Of course, I only have one child. So I know if it's not his fault, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll apologize to him and he'll say, it's okay, mom. And, you know, yeah. every now and then he say, I still love you the best mom ever. And that makes me oh. feel good. Yeah. But um, I remember back then, like you said, um, have a great day. You know, have a great day when you go to school. I would say that to him. And then 
if if he didn't have what they called a good day and they would call me or, you know, send a little note home on his notebook. And I would say to him, oh, boy, I hate this. I, I hate reminiscing. I would say to him, you have to stop doing this. They're going to think something's wrong with you and nothing is wrong with you. Do you think something is wrong with you? And he would go, nothing's wrong with me. And I said, well, stop doing this. Stop doing that. And then whenever I had that hour and a half meeting, I was like, y'all, <laughs> y'all are going to make him crazy and make me crazy too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I had to go back and say to him, you know, I already knew nothing was wrong with you, but I apologize for yelling at you. Like, like there was something else. I don't know what else I expected him to do. Right. I mean, you're doing your best. I don't know what else I expected you to do, but I apologize. And um, I encourage him. I use encouraging words all the time. I um, make sure that he knows that he is as bright as he wants to be. And my son knows he teaches me things. Mm-hmm. And and I love that. Like I used to pretend like, oh, I, I didn't know that. But now I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's a very, very intelligent kid. And, and, um, yeah, people will have you second guessing your parenting. Yes. I love you for saying that. Cause it's so, that's just so refreshing because, um, my son, he's a, like, he's a Pisces. So he's real loving and, and likes to hug and stuff. And that's something else that I had to work on. Cause I'm not affectionate, but mm-hmm. I know it matters to him. So I, you know, I hug him and those, reassuring he had low self-esteem for a long time and I had no idea until he told me and he really he hated his smile so bad he used to get bullied and picked on bullied and picked on um ninth grade year he was just like still very low self-esteem and he's a handsome young man Mm -hmm. and now when I look at him of course I, I bit the bullet and got you got him braces so he got braces on his teeth um I, I let him be himself. Like I'm letting him find himself and he's so confident now in his abilities to do everything. He doesn't even say when he was in middle school, he used to say, Oh, I have ADD or he would tell people, Oh, I can't. I haven't heard him say that in almost three years because I kept telling him, don't, that's not a part of who you mm-hmm. are. That's not an identity. That's not, that's what we were in elementary. That's not a part of you. So you don't tell people that it's not something just don't. And I haven't heard him say that in three years. He has never said that in three years about having a nothing. Oh. If he can't do it, he asks for help. Um, or, but he doesn't even describe himself and mention that anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. We have to, we have to have evaluations on how we talk to them so they can, love themselves and have confidence and know how to we're their first teacher right I didn't realize that until he started talking about the politics and I realized everything that he sees me do or the way that he sees me go is the way he automatically goes because I asked him why why are you why are you so yay Democrat he don't know nothing about Democrat (laughs) he just know he just knew that that's what I said that I who I was voting for so that's who he was going to vote for Mm-hmm. So we're their first teacher. That's important. That is true. And a lot of things start at home. The the mm-hmm. confidence, the um the the self-esteem, all of that stuff starts at home. And I I I don't want my son to go outside of the home looking for acceptance, looking right. for um 
looking to be validated for for anything like right. i ha- i tell him he's handsome all the time because he is i mean he's a handsome kid and he's getting bigger and and i i, I don't feel like i have to assure him all the time but i do because no matter how much we say at home all it takes is one person outside to say something opposite of what we told them and it'll stick with them because i know that happens as adults too but i i do encourage my son and i i remember um i remember him asking me one day is something wrong with me oh girl when I tell you my eyes, <laughs> I would have cried. I would have cried. And it, it wasn't, I wasn't sad because I thought they had told him something was wrong mm-hmm. with him. I said that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I told him mm-hmm. something was wrong with him and that's why they're going to think something is wrong with you. So I had yeah. to correct that. And, um, I know parenting, we're all learning as we go, but there, yeah. there's, there's nothing that says, Hey, Point A is going to get you to point B in parenting. And even if it does, everyone's situation is different. I can't talk to my son the way you talk to your son. You can't, you know, treat your son the way I treat mine because they're individuals. They're different. And so I know that I have to speak to my son a certain way. Now, I'm a cancer. So I'm one of those uh, big, bad softies. (laughs) (laughs) And I... I, I know I don't like my feelings being hurt and I don't like hurting his feelings. And I had to learn how to talk to him because I let a lot of what happens on the outside influence my parenting. Like, um, you know, if someone says, well, if your kid does this and this is what's wrong, or if your kid doesn't do this, then, then they need to, because this is right. And I was trying to put that on him and mm-hmm. I had to back away from that as well. So I like speaking to people who have similar stories to me and people who can teach me something differently because um, the fact that you said that you had to not that had to, but you actually went forward with it as far as the medication and all, but then Uh the father was against it, but he supported you. And Uh and that's something that we don't have as parents a lot as well is support. Support. Uh A lot of people telling us what we, what we shouldn't do, but not why, or don't do that. But here's the alternative. There aren't a lot of alternatives and I feel like our our uh, spot in life, as far as um, your income, whether you're labeled as poor, whether you they know that you're, you're going to need this $50 and a pizza. Mm-hmm. That's how they try to lure you in with no regard to to what you're trying to do as a parent. Now, I know you said your son is 16. My son is 12. And okay. all of this happened. But <laughs> yeah, it happened between the ages of four and I want to say seven between four and seven or four and eight. Um, that's when I was going through the whole, oh man, it was a mess. It, it was a mess. We've come a long way though. It's hard. I, I, I tell people, um, well, moms mostly, um, I've cried so many nights at night by myself. Just when I was going through that with him, um, because I wanted to do the best I could for him um and I saw at some points he was suffering whether it was from the medication side effects or being bullied by his friends or being made fun of um so I cried a lot just wanting to figure it out and now looking back on it and seeing where he is now I'm like you know I it's a sigh of relief I'm like we did it and I, I put a update every year 
um, on Facebook about where he's come and how long it's been because I feel so accomplished. Um, he's about to graduate high school. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to be driving. He has a bank account. He's responsible. Um, I had COVID in December and my son took care of me. He literally had to carry me to the bathroom to use the bathroom because I could hardly walk. You know, he's he's just really turned out to be a great young man. Not the person that they were telling me he was going to be when he was in second grade. He needed medica- medication. Um, and I always tell him, like, I wish some of your old teachers were on, could see you now. Right. I wish you could just run into them at the, at the store or Walmart just so they could see that they were wrong. I mean, and I know that's wrong, but I just, you know, two in particular that just to see how great he is. And he's not on medication. Right. At all. You know, he takes multivitamins and that's it. It's, mm. a, it's a struggle sometimes. And I told him, I said, when you graduate high school, um, we're graduating high school. I'm li- he said, you're going to be crying, aren't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because um, as a single mom, people don't realize that what we take on, it's not just, you know, getting them ready for school. Their emotions, too. When they hurt, we hurt. Um, whenever we're trying to make sure we provide for them the right education, we got to make sure you have a home, you got to have stability, you got to have confidence, like we're doing all that. And then they're men. So it's a lot of stuff that we can't teach them, but we're trying. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot. So just to see them be successful and happy is a big accomplishment for us because when they go out in the world and leave us, they, they're going to have so many things against them. Right. Yeah, that's my thing. He's smiling because he's happy. <laughs> he's on my nerves. <laughs> he's smiling. I did ask him before you called. I said, um, I asked him what was the worst part of being on medication. And he said um, the uncontrollable ticks and the noises and the twitches that he used to make. And then I asked him what was the best part of being off medication. And he said, um, you know, I feel normal again and I'm talking because whenever I was on meds, I didn't really talk a lot. I didn't really interact. So now I'm like my normal self again. That's good. That's mm-hmm. That is very good. Um, well, tell him I applaud him for coming so far. I will. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Seven years um, seems like so such a short time ago. But I know whenever, whenever you're going through something, time seems to just slow down. It seems like there's more than 24 hours in a day. It it seems like the day is never going to end, but it's been seven years. I am so very proud of him for, uh, and you for getting through the whole ordeal. And I'm glad that he's thriving now. And I'm glad that he is going to be graduating soon and going to college. Um, I know he's going to do great things because he has a great mom and a strong mom. I'm, I'm, a strong mom I know you know they say God will not put more on you than you can bear but sometimes it seems like our backs are about to break (laughs) exactly (laughs) I saw this meme on Facebook one time it said I'm tired of things that uh, won't kill me but make me stronger (laughs) right yes I need that meme because I need to share that exactly I I don't want to be strong sometimes that is absolutely right (laughs) All right. So is there anything else you want to say before we close? 
No, but thank you. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so very much. I enjoyed talking to you as well. And I think that this was a great um, episode for my very first interview ever. And I will definitely keep in touch with you. Uh, We can pick up on this later, you know, maybe when he goes to college or whatever, anytime in between. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so very much to my listeners for tuning in for today's conversation on Girlfriend Let Me Tell You. You can find more information about Ebony in the show notes. I hope that you have already followed my channel so that you can be notified of new episodes being posted. I will speak to you all next week. Until then, girlfriend, you've got this.